Radio. Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to the journey. This week's edition, one week after Easter, we're into the Easter season now, a time of great joy. Last weekend, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus, that pivotal event in history. This week, and through the next weeks to come, we continue that celebration. We have 40 days of Lent leading up to this point in time, and then 50 days of celebration of the joy of the resurrection, a joy that should pervade every single part of our life because just as he's risen, we're all called to life eternal with Jesus. We've got a great show lined up for you today. We're going to hear from Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. Just last weekend, so many of the Missionaries of God's Love were up at a place called Appen, which is in New South Wales, a beautiful part of the world that's been used regularly in the past for lots and lots of scouts, jamborees, scouts from all over Australia, and I think at one point in time was used for an international jamboree. Well, Last weekend it was used for something a little bit different. It was used for the celebration of all of those events of Easter from Holy Thursday night right through to the resurrection of Easter Sunday. Big hello to all of the people who were up there at that. I had the great opportunity of ducking up there for a little while myself. What a joy it was for me to celebrate with so many young people. Literally over a thousand young people have come together for a time of prayer, reflection, praise, fellowship together as they focused on those pivotal events from the Last Supper right through to the resurrection of Jesus. A big cheerio to all the MGLs who are up there and Father Dave, he's well, he's talking to us today about being transformed. We're also going to hear from Sam Clear and he's got a little reflection for us that he's called Our Father the Shop, which again is one of those reflections that he's brought from his experience of walking around the world for Christian unity. We're going to hear from Trish McCarthy. We're also going to hear from Sister Hilda Scott. She was involved in giving us the Lenten reflections and this week she's back into her regular spot, Wisdom from the Abbey. Bruce Downs, the Catholic guy, will join us again too. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. John chapter 20, verses 19 to 31. In the evening of that same day, the first day of the week, the doors were closed in the room where the disciples were, for fear of the Jews. Jesus came and stood among them. He said to them, Peace be with you, and showed them his hands and his side. The disciples were filled with joy when they saw the Lord, and he said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father sent me, so am I sending you. After saying this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. For those whose sins you forgive, they are forgiven. For those whose sins you retain, they are retained. Thomas, called the twin, who was one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. When the disciples said, We have seen the Lord, he answered, Unless I see the holes that the nails made in his hands, and can put my finger into the holes they made, and unless I can put my hand into his side, I refuse to believe. Eight days later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. The doors were closed, but Jesus came in and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he spoke to Thomas. Put your finger here. Look, here are my hands. Give me your hand, put it into my side. Doubt no longer, but believe. Thomas replied, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, You believe because you can see me. Happy are those who have not seen and yet believe. There were many other signs that Jesus worked and the disciples saw, but they are not recorded in this book. These are recorded so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ the Son of God, and that believing this, you may have life through his name. The Gospel of the Lord. 
This week's Gospel from the Gospel of John, the second Sunday of Easter time. And that Gospel is about doubting Thomas. Spike Milligan has on his tombstone, I told you I was ill. Well, wouldn't you think that Jesus, after having risen from the dead, would come back and say to the disciples, I told you so. Or to Pilate, you asked me whether I was a king, now listen, I am a king. Or would he have gone into the temple and said to the chief priests and the elders, now will you listen to me? No. Instead of looking back, this week he looks forward. And Thomas comes to faith only through doubt and challenge. Thomas wanted to look back, I've got to put my hands in his side, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. No. Jesus accepts him. He doesn't chide Thomas. He doesn't tell him off. Why don't you believe me? Why don't you believe the others? He calls him to come close. He calls them all together. And then, because Thomas doubts and challenges, because of that, Thomas comes out, my Lord and my God. It's wonderful the greatest act of faith in the whole of the New Testament, my Lord and my God. Thomas was rewarded because of his doubt and challenge. Jesus comes through closed doors. We don't understand this risen Christ. It's not normal for people to walk through doors. The risen Christ looks forward with a greeting of peace. And the fullness of that peace comes over time. This is the crucified one. This is the one who suffered horror. The doubting of Thomas, the invitation to touch, came from Jesus. Come and touch. Come and touch the Lord. If only we could do the same. Thomas was called to believe on the word of others. Let's pray that we can believe on the word of others, and that others will come to believe on our words and our deeds. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Here's Sister Hilda with Wisdom from the Abbey. I was late for an appointment recently, and as you might imagine, being late for an appointment meant that I was very tempted to put my foot down on the accelerator. Time was ticking by. But as it happened, I couldn't put my foot down on the accelerator because the car in front of me was going so slowly. Uh, Now, I know you'll find this hard to imagine, but there I was drumming away on the um, steering wheel thinking, oh, please move. And I was stuck. I couldn't go around it so I had no alternative but to stay behind this car. A bit further up the road, what do I see? A police car. Now, you can put two and two together. Had I not been stuck behind that car, I'd have been caught. Can you imagine how that would have gone over when I came home with a speeding fine? But that didn't happen because someone in front of me was going so slowly, someone in front of me was an obstacle to what I wanted to do. 
How many times does that sort of thing happen for you and I, not just on the road, but how many times is somebody in our life an obstacle? How many times do situations turn up that are obstacles, things that we can't do anything about? We can either rant and rave and carry on, or we can say, here it is. This is what the Father has allowed in my life now. I mightn't like it, but here is God caring for me. I don't know what it is God's doing, but I know that I'm in God's care. It made a difference for me when I stopped and thought about it, and it certainly made a difference since. Now when things come that I can't do anything about, Instead of railing and ranting and carrying on, I'm more inclined to say, Oh, okay, this is what the Father has allowed. Then I'll go with it. I'll stay behind this figurative car. This week, what is it that the Father will allow in your life? And when the time comes for the big things, you'll be amazed at the peace that you'll be able to bring to the situation. Our Father, our dear Father, is not setting out to make things tough. He's setting out to set us on the right road. Welcome back to the journey, and wasn't it great to hear from Sister Hilda in that little spot there, with her wisdom from the Abbey, and that little piece, that little piece she called Obstacles. Big cheerio to all of our listeners in the various regions that have joined the program, and all of our listeners that might be tuning in from places like Aubrey Wodonga's 98.5 The Light, maybe up at that Port Macquarie through 99.9 Rima FM. Our old mates at Pulse 941 down on the south coast of New South Wales, beautiful Illawarra region. Maybe listening in from Wagga's Life FM or Life FM in Bendigo or Life FM in Gippsland for that matter too. It's wonderful to have you on board and really encourage you to give us a little bit of feedback about the show. Go and visit our Facebook page and on there you can even have a look at some of the little video clips that we've got from some of our presenters. We've had Sister Hilda and and Bishop Peter Ingham on recently and it's a great way if you do want to go back and access past shows and past interviews and all that sort of stuff. You can do that via the Facebook page or by going to radio.dow.org.au. That's radio.dow.org.au. And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. Jesus encourages us, Come to me all you who labour and are burdened, and I will give you rest. We can wonder what Jesus was referring to when he says this. But we know that when Jesus spoke, that he spoke with authority. And this says to me to take seriously the promises of Jesus and his instructions. My thoughts for this week surround the notion of rest, not only from a scriptural point of view, but from contemporary scientific research. We are the only species on earth that when we sleep, we are completely switched off, so to speak. Sleep offers our bodies an opportunity to remove toxins that build up in our body, to restore, reset, renew and refresh. Not just sleep, but rest is vital to peak performance. One principle I put into action in my life is to sleep in on the right side of the clock. What exactly does that mean? Well, quite often we seek to make up our tiredness by sleeping in longer in the day. But this goes against the way we're wired. We condition ourselves to stay up late, but nature, including us, is designed to be at rest at this time. Some action points you might like to play with this week include switching off your alarm, opening your bedroom blinds to allow the natural light to influence your sleeping patterns, 
getting to bed progressively earlier, for example, 10 minutes each night, each week. Adopt the attitude of starting your day the night before, because what you do between 6 and 10 p.m. matters and impacts your following morning. This pertains not just to sleep, but resting our minds, our hearts, our eyes, our senses, our bodies, and our body systems. Ultimately, what we're working towards is all aspects of our being. This week, focus on living and working out of rest. Together on the journey, faith, hope, and love for life in all its fullness. Well, good day and welcome back to The Journey. My name's Jude Hennessy. I have the great joy every single week of being able to bring you this program. We've got so many fantastic presenters and inputs on the show. You just heard from the one, the only, Trish McCarthy in her Milk and Honey segment. This time, Trish told us all about rest, something that I hope she's getting plenty of at the moment. She's a few weeks just after having a, a knee operation after injuring herself playing touch footy. She actually was playing in the Australian side, the training training session. She was supposed to play in the World Cup this year. She's out of that, unfortunately, but recuperating nicely after that knee operation. And thanks for your input this week. All about, as we said, rest. We're going to hear from my old mate Bruce Downs, the Catholic guy. He's in demand right around Australia, right around the world, to be perfectly honest, as someone who really knows how to inspire people to dream. And this week, he's got a little piece for us called Roosevelt. Good message. And now, inspiring you to dream, here's Bruce Downs, the Catholic guy. I always think of great men as very secure in themselves. They know who they are, they know what they want, and they know how to get their way. And as far as great men go, President Theodore Roosevelt of the United States ranks near the top of my list. I do love American history, but Roosevelt was practically more machine than man. He dominated every room he entered. He was exceptionally smart, ferocious in his studies, and even more so in his physical activities. He enjoyed his adventures, his accomplishments, his family, and the power of his personality. Essentially, no one could compare with Roosevelt. But something tells me that he knew what insecurity meant. Maybe it came from knowing that he grew up as a sickly, smaller child. Roosevelt knew that he could not be happy comparing his life to that of his school friends, any more than they could be happy comparing his life to their own. Nothing we have, nothing we do, nothing we are seems quite as good when we scrutinise it in light of what others have. Because comparison does one thing, Comparison is the thief of joy. Be filled with joy today by aiming to be the best possible version of you, regardless of what your neighbour may have or may be. Why don't you join me at thecatholicguy.com where you'll be inspired to dream. You're listening to The Journey, great Christian radio for the whole family. Walking the Walk, here's Sam Clear. Hi, I'm Sam Clear for Walking the Walk. Last week I visited the remote and rugged Tiwi Islands off the northern coast of Australia. Nearly every second animal on those tropical islands will kill you, but it's still a wonderful place. I'd headed up there for some time out with an elderly Aboriginal couple on their outpost, but after jumping off the ferry, the wife, Auntie Marjorie, asked me to walk down to the shop to grab us all an ice cream before we headed off for the long drive home. I asked her, how far is it to the shop? She replied with a grin, You'll know when you get there. Her point was simple. Why was I concerned about the distance I was about to walk in this tiny town? My aim was to get us all an ice cream. While walking around the world for Christian unity from 2006 to 2008, there were a number of occasions when I asked someone on the side of the road, how far is it to the next town? 
I discovered pretty quickly that nearly everyone gives an answer to that question, even if they have no idea how far it is. One guy in Venezuela told me that the next town was only 5 kilometres away, when in actual fact it was 17 kilometres away. That's over two hours more walking than I'd anticipated for. The biggest obstacle I had to overcome that day, and many others like it, was my frustration at not having arrived at the town when I expected to. I had to keep on walking down those open roads in that tropical heat. Frustration at our circumstances can rob us so swiftly of the beauty around us. If I'd been less concerned about how much further I had to walk and simply took every step as a privilege, as another opportunity to meet just one more person, to offer one more prayer, I would have been, well, doing what I was meant to be doing. Like the very prayerful Auntie Marjorie from the Tiwi Islands, who is about as unflustered as any woman I've ever met, we're called to not focus on the distance we have to cover, but on the prize at the end. For when our sights are set on that prize, for an ice cream through to eternal life, the steps we have to take become a joy, not a burden. We may not know how far we have to walk, but we do know who's walking with us and how far he's gone to secure our destination. I'm Sam Clear for Walking the Walk. For more on the walk around the world for unity, go to walkforone.com. You're listening to The Journey, great Christian radio for the whole family. Welcome back to The Journey. We heard from Sam Clear and his little piece that he entitled How Far to the Shop. Sam's a man who's really passionate about unity across the Christian churches and he, he walked 15,500 kilometres around the world just to prove that point, and to draw Christians into situations where they could pray for unity. And his little inputs for us focus on this deep desire that he has for Christian unity. Great to have you on the show, Sam. Here are the missionaries of God's love with The Call. We all know the story of how sin came into the world. Eve was tempted by the serpent. She ate the fruit and the rest is history. However, there is one line in the story that explains the nature of sin and points us towards the antidote. The Bible says that when Eve looked at the fruit, she noticed that it was good for food, a delight to the eyes, and was to be desired. Now this is significant, because for the first time, she no longer sees creation as a gift that points her to the Creator. She now sees her own emptiness, and her own hunger that must be filled. When she looks at the fruit, All that she sees is herself and her own need. Forevermore, this has been the pattern of sin, particularly in the case of the hungers of the heart, such as lust, gluttony, envy or greed. We look at things or we look at other people and we only see our own hunger and need. Jesus gives the antidote when he explains that the most important commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, all your strength and all your soul. The answer to sin is to stop looking at ourselves and return to worship. The Holy Spirit gives us the grace to once again see the giver of the gift, rather than seeing only the hunger within that this gift could fill. Worship will turn us outwards and transform our disordered vision of the world. So the next time that your mind is filled with lust, greed, envy or gluttony, spend some time worshipping God for the element of creation that is tempting you. Recognise it as a gift from God 
and you might just find that the temptation disappears. I'm Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. Find out more about us at mglpriestsandbrothers.org. You're listening to The Journey, great Christian radio for the whole family. We're really appreciative of all the stuff that Father Dave does for us week in, week out to ensure that people are hearing about the life-giving message of Jesus and how we can grow in discipleship. In his segment entitled The Call. Really hope you've enjoyed this week's show. We've certainly enjoyed bringing it to you. And we can't wait to do it all again next week. We're going to have some fantastic inputs for you next week. We're going to hear some stuff on marriage from the parolers. Marilyn Rodriguez is going to talk to us about parenting. We'll be talking to hear from Pete Gilmore, of course, and we always have on our old mate Sister Hilda and Bruce Downs. We'll have the weekly gospel and the reflection on it and all the music that The Journey keeps bringing you each week to lift your spirit. Hope you have a great week. Say your prayers. Do your best. And thanks for joining us this week. Faith, hope, love and life. You've been on The Journey. The Journey is produced by Jude Hennessy and edited by Nicholas Weir from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong. Radio.org.au